Across the Galaxy. Hey, it's season two, episode one. Here we go. 2024 is at us. Big year in Star Wars. Uh, it's all kicking off with the return of a show we're about to talk about. First of all, myself, Mitch, and Maddie joining me. What's doing? It always confuses me when you're like, this is season two, episode one of Across the Universe, that it's season three, episode one of Bad Batch. Oh, God, yeah. Well, you know what? This is probably the first, like, new season that we've, uh, that we've. I mean, certainly of Across the Galaxy. I mean, um, you know, DC still kicking off. I think with the DC side of stuff, um, I'm, I'm going to keep on with the season one until the official DCU stuff actually begins with creature commandos at the end of the year you know that way we can sort of wash all of your favorite stuff you know all that cw arrowverse stuff say, what are we a minute in you've already bring up the friggin' dc <laughs> <are we> <laughs> all right let's get back into it star wars <laughs> it's back uh here we go. i mean yeah bad batch i feel like you know we started off last year and uh we had a we had an early pod early 2023 the first uh, episode or first couple of episodes whatever the drop was of season two and um i feel like it took me i I, I was a little bit behind on watching uh, that season. So it feels like it hasn't been that long, but all of a sudden here we are with season three. And um, yeah, it's the it's the beginning of the end. What are we, only a handful of episodes? It all wraps up just shy of uh, of May the 4th mm. be with you. But uh, yeah, you sent it through to the chat today. And what are we, uh, yeah, we're only about uh, 15 maybe? 15, like, yeah, done by like May 1st. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, which I th- and I think it was like almost a year ago when season two came out, like when it started to come out. Yeah, it was uh, it was mid January actually. It was a really it was a really early... well. Look, to be fair, season two was probably a low point for Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. I think I went into season one not really expecting anything. I was like, I'm not gonna like this show. And then after the first episode, I was like, Oh my god, it's Kanan! I'm gonna cry. <laughs> um, and then it kind of hooked me, and I was like, Oh, this is interesting. Mm. But yeah, season two, they just seemed like a lot of filler. There's a lot of filler. That, I mean, we, we've spoken a couple of times, you know, about that, the, the race episode. Oh, yeah. But then they swung big at the end, you know? And they gave us all this stuff, and and apparently, to, as far as we're still aware, you know, um, tech's gone. Yeah, I'd I'd sort of um, I think put that out of my mind until the uh, the previously on, mm. and, and I remember f- that that was a pretty emotional scene actually. I mean, the fact even with Crosshair sort of betraying them at the end of um, or in season one, and uh, and how that played out, and it, it never felt like he was truly gone. And if he was, I wasn't that connected to him to begin with, so his loss wasn't I wasn't going feel that too much but by the end of season two with tech i think him and that sacrifice that really meant something and so you're right yeah like it took a long time to get into it and then it really paid off um at the end but yeah uh, yeah i and and even with the emperor side of things like you saying you're getting you know here we are we season one's coming along you didn't know whether you were going to um get into it or not and when they were talking about the emperor and these opening episodes of season three and i'm like hang on have we seen the emperor yet and i'm like no hang on he was in the trailer for season one i remember they dropped him they dropped uh fennec shan and uh, i was like holy shit they're really going all out here they're throwing out some characters that we've seen and it's the opening days of the empire and uh, i guess we haven't seen him until then but um yeah all of a sudden things are uh, things are starting to well build up i guess it took us three episodes to you know we'll get into it a little bit more yeah I think um, I'm glad they did the three episode thing. I mean, I, I enjoyed yeah. episode one. Episode two kind of felt like a bit of a, you know, episode of the week kind of thing. But I'm assuming those cadets mm. will come back at some point at the end or maybe they'll all... Clones unite. Yeah, or maybe like because um, Hunter and Wrecker are taking them to that island planet or whatever that I'd forgotten mm. about from last season. Maybe that's where Crosshair and, and Echo will go to try and meet up with them. Maybe mm. that... So, 
you know, maybe that's the thing, or maybe they'll come back at the end of the season. I'm not too sure, but um, but yeah. And then episode three was really interesting. Like when, like when those two imperial guards like walk down the the gangplanks. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, shit's got nuts in it. Okay, <laughs> but it, it's it is hard for me to keep track sometimes because obviously this is, you know, early days of the empire. Like you know. Post Rebels, pre original trilogy, post Clone Wars. Yeah. Oh, sorry, post Clone Wars. That's sorry, 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 mm. sorry. Yeah, uh, post post Rebels, pre Clone Wars. A uh, post Clone Wars, pre Rebel. But I feel like this and like the Favreau verse, the Filoni verse, like the things that they're doing, which are post Return of the Jedi, mm. are both trying to tell the same story, which is Episode Nine didn't suck. We promised. Look, the Emperor's <laughs> been working on it. I, yeah. I promise. But, like, they're 20 years apart. Mm. So that's where I'm like, oh, so, like, whatever is happening in Bad Batch, because we're assuming, like, you know, what did they talk about in this in these three episodes? Um, Project Necromancer. Yeah. And the, the, the M count transferring. Surely that's all leading into either, either the Emperor's trying to clone Darth Vader so he can have, like, a bunch of Vaders rolling around, or it's him trying to clone himself. I yeah. feel like he's the, that's, you know. Yeah, that's who I've taken. And it, it is. It's such a shame. Like, I've never... Okay, I saw it twice. I saw Rise of Skywalker twice at the cinemas, but um, never since the cinemas. So we're talking like four and a half years nearly since I've seen that movie, which seems crazy that mm. it's been uh, that long that it was even released. But, um, it, yeah, that it would be interesting to not re-watch that again until... Like the Mandoverse is done with sort of the the way that um, it's not going to help Mitchell. It's not going to help. No, it's not going. No, I know. It's still going to have that help. one line of Poe going. <laughs> Somehow Palpatine returned. Did well, I know we shared in our group chat? I think Brendan shared it. It was uh, if uh, if Disney owned Lord of the Rings, and it was just Aragorn. It said somehow Sauron had another ring. Yeah, and it's like yeah. I mean, the, one of the suckiest lines in all movies just to be like, don't ask questions. He just yeah, he is. He's back. Why? Shut up. Just get on with it he's always been the bad guy so um it just would be interesting i think with with all the work that the, and the heavy lifting that uh that the bad batch has done and uh and also a lot of the books that i, I mean i'm I've, I've been reading one for a long time and uh, shadow of the sith it's set like i think it's 17 years after jedi so still like that 12 13 year mark mm. um before uh, force awakens and um Essentially, it's uh, the well the remnants of of whoever, like the the Sith Eternal. I think you know they they're um his little uh, beings on Exegol. Oh, the choir. Um, his, his his faithful the choir. Um, they've you know tasked someone or tasked someone to go and find these people, and the people turn out to be Ray and her parents, and obviously her her dad being like a failed clone of Palpatine, and uh, and then Ray obviously being successful, whether or not they knew that at that point. But um, you know, it's going along way to show okay this is some backstory mm. and this is how important these people were and this is how long it was going on and then you go all the way back to like you said just after uh revenge of the sith and and uh, after the uh, the creation of the empire and uh and it's all been planned from here and we're bringing back the the kaminoans from episode two and they've been part of the cloning process and then we've got omega and these um and these uh these defective clones that are somehow a part of it and and uh 
I just think post all of this and whenever the books decide to stop trying to fill in the gaps to try and help things, um, to then have rewatched Rise of Skywalker and go, okay, I know the backstory that this movie didn't even know that it had. Mm. It didn't exist its own backstory at the time. But uh, goddamn, like, you know, the, the idea that Filoni and Favreau and all these authors are sitting there in the story uh, room and having to go... Huh, well, it's it's a thing. Episode nine was a yeah. thing. I mean, the sequel trilogy was its own thing, but certainly episode nine was a thing. With uh, rather than sort of distance ourselves and pretend like we're going to create our own little um, uh, you know, alternate universe post uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, we just have to try and make this make sense. So it sucks that they have to do this, but I mean, if it gives them an avenue to try and I mean, the fact that we are dealing with clones anyway, and so much. I mean, the Clone Wars was about the clones, yeah. Uh, obviously a lot about the Jedi as well but then to take out of them the Bad Batch they are clones what is their place post like that's an interesting story what's the clones place post the war ending or at least the the, the, the clone wars that was pre uh, the Empire's creation where do they fit in oh by the way we're going to use their story to also weave in uh, in the background the Emperor trying to work out how to clone himself so it's like yeah which yeah, it, yeah like it's obviously it's very cyclical it's the same way that the Clone Wars cartoon really helped those of us who had issues with the prequel trilogy. You know, it fleshed mm-hmm. out all those things and, and really helps. And for me, it does definitely help my enjoyment of, of you know, especially episodes two and three. Like, it really does help yeah. sort of in there. But there was a there was a line the Emperor said in episode, in like um, the third episode of, of um, Bad Batch, where he says like, oh, you know, what we're doing could be perceived by those who don't understand as an abomination. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so there is... A little bit of me where it's going, well, maybe there's a twist. Maybe they're setting something up and we and we will be like, oh, it's going to be his clone or it's going to be... And there's going to be some twist because it's like, well, the Republic had no problem. And I mean, the Republic, they were way more progressive than the, the Empire. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 the Republic were happy to, you know, use all these clones. And at no point during the films or anything or any of the Clone Wars TV show... Oh, there's a little bit in the TV show. Like, no one ever really questioned... Like, are they, is, is cloning ethical? You know, obviously mm. there was the weird, you know, um, uh, Pong Krell, that weird Jedi who had a thing against, you know, clones and things like that. But that was his experiences with the clones and, mm. and those sort of things. No one ever really seemed to have an ethical dilemma with the idea of cloning itself. And it's like, they're all just mm. clones of Jango Fett. Yeah. So who would think someone cloning if it is palpatine it's like why would anyone think cloning palpatine would be an abomination yeah and you got to think that vader's gonna do especially at that that point of their story and their relationship he's gonna do anything that the emperor tells him to do mm. if he says hey i've got to start cloning myself vader's gonna be like absolutely master you should you should make 10 of yourself well why stop at 10 go to 100 you know so he's not going to stop unless it's just a way of keeping the whole thing secret i mean it i don't know whether that doctor necessarily knows what he's doing in the long run at the moment i think he just knows that he needs to be able to make a clone that can hold the quote-unquote m count um Mm. and that's a really that's a very particular very niche part of the science he knows that he needs to do that but why he maybe he does maybe he doesn't even know what an m count is the fact that you know midi chlorians are even a thing maybe it's only really known to the jedi and i guess to the sith at this point so um, either way maybe he doesn't know but he knows it's important and this is just a way for the emperor to help keep it secret he can't kill this guy because he's in charge of uh of the science but um he can tell them to shut the fuck up so um yeah but then it's like i think i think the first time we heard the phrase m count was in reference to grogu in the mandalorian so it's like Mm. you know 20 plus years later 
Yeah. You know, he's still kind of working on it. So yeah, I would I would almost prefer this not to be an emperor clone and show that he did that over the next 20 years and that's mm. the reason why, you know, Grogu was the or is or was the the missing linchpin in whatever mm. they were trying I don't know. So Yeah. Um well just I mean again I don't you want I love that all the canon across all multimedia is connected, but it doesn't mean that any one of them pay too much of attention to it. Like I think the books pay attention to the books and the TV pays attention to the TV and the movies. The movies kind of do their own thing unless, you know, once Filoni gets a little bit more involved and he's writing and directing his own film, mm. it's going to pay more attention to the TV. But um, if I'm just looking at it as a nerd that reads everything and everything's just as important as another in that book that I'm reading and it's it's like one of the chapters is from the point of view of Ray's father as like a young boy, you know, walking around Exegol, I guess, you know, like as a failed clone, no one really gives a shit about him and he just kind of exists and is allowed to live because he's the Emperor's son. Um, but uh, otherwise, he's just trying to like make his way around and, and not get killed. But the guy in recounting his own story talks about the fact that you know, when we see the um, all those Star Destroyers or the Super Star Destroyers that are floating in the atmosphere of, of Exegol, he references that and the fact that, like, each of these things is, like, more powerful than one Death Star. Like, each each of its Super Super Star Destroyer mm. is more powerful than a Death Star. It's got that much Kyber in it. So in, in that version of the canon, in the book that was written in 2022, I want to say um, the, at least the way that that author decided to write it and they all got to exist somewhere in the story group you know there is a room in there a writer's room where they're coming up with some stuff whether or not that you know I don't know that Filoni or the writer's room of the Bad Batch is reading that but it, it exists somewhere for them to reference that the Emperor was building those ships like yeah. ages ago a long time ago and uh, and so sure like I want to say that it is as simple as uh, as him cloning himself but it would be nice considering we even though this is set before all that knowledge for us as an audience to be watching this now set so soon after the creation of the empire to be surprised that you're right it is something else like we're already gifted in the what second episode about the um uh the vine the, the giant vine oh that's a that was an experiment by the empire and they were trying to create some kind of defense system and then mm. they were dealing with um either creating or cloning giant creatures you know we already had that giant um whatever the hell that was in whatever season of uh, uh the clone wars where they found that giant creature on whatever planet and the emperor was oh that yeah God, what was, it? was very keen like to bring it back yeah, yeah. like the three episode arc and that's gonna bug yeah he's like the armadillo uh yeah and it escaped right thing. so yeah. like he's always been interested in i guess power of, of any i mean power obviously that he has control over himself but uh yeah i i hope that you're right i hope that it isn't as simple as it's just the long running i don't know i won't be too disappointed if it is because obviously that's where this part of the story yeah is get to. yeah like i'm not getting i'm not getting my hopes up but i just feel like yeah. it would just make the emperor feel very ineffectual if and would make this series as the bad batch feel ineffective in that they don't succeed if they don't like mm, if yeah. if the emperor is still trying to perfect this m count thing cuz obviously mm. we know cloning is a possibility cloning is the easy yeah. part that's not a problem mm. we've got a full army that showed that cloning is easy um it's adding the or transfer what they said in this like transferring the m count and all that kind of stuff and it's like well it seems like that's what they're trying to do with grogu like 20 plus mm. years in the future so it would kind of be lame that that's the legacy bad batch leaves behind is 
unless they I mean at the end of episode three it's kind of like oh we know sorry episode three of this I've got to keep saying um <laughs> you know they go oh okay Omega's the key so mm. it's like maybe you know the Bad Batch's legacy and maybe they all go out at the end of the episode in a big in a big funny thing and they take out that entire facility like they do a kamikaze or whatever take it all out sacrifice themselves yeah and knock the empire back 20 years in their research yeah maybe grogu is the next step like once they figure out that there is a whatever species that yoda is or grogu is and maybe that's the next step so yeah it could be it could be like that yeah yeah i just i just don't want it to just be setting it up here and doing a little more you know in 20 years time and go the zillow beast sorry i had to look it up it was the zillow beast nice (laughs) and and that would actually be very um reminiscent of the way that rebels ended like we knew watching that show these guys will never defeat the empire they will mm. never kill vader they will never kill the emperor they won't they they have to die because by the time a new hope comes around as far as we know there are only two jedi or one jedi well two once we meet yoda one jedi and obi-wan trains another luke and then we get to uh, yoda in, in ep5 there's only those three that exist now obviously then <laughs> it turns out a shitload more jedi um survived yeah. uh, the purge but um that series ended with well, our own our own threat is Thrawn, and we need to take him out of the equation because if we do that, that's a big kick in the pants to the Empire, and so that's how. They, so it's them succeeding. They don't win the war, but they win the battle, and that was enough for that that series. So that mm. might be the case. You're right here is that they take out a facility, they save their own people, and they get to go and yeah, maybe that the seeds have been planted even in this episode. They go and get to live on the island, and they get to you know, realise that they've saved as many clones as they could possibly yeah. save. Yeah, well, there's, def- there's definitely chess pieces moving around with the introduction of, um, uh, was it Emily or Emile, whatever, the, yeah. the, the other sort of female the clone. The Omega, basically. Yeah, yeah, that kind of went nowhere fast uh, for the first couple of episodes. So mm. hopefully that goes somewhere there. Um, but I'm, I'm also still not convinced that tech is actually gone. Yeah, okay. Give it like he fell into that chasm, but then that doctor guy had his like at the end of last season had his goggles and was like, mm. "Here's all that's left of him." And it's like, okay, so they've retrieved a body. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a medical testing facility, mm. and we saw that Echo survived everything he went through. So, because I think I think the problem with season two, and I think that might be why they've written out um, tech, is because I feel like there was a lot of overlap between Tech's his expertise. And Echo, mm. they kind of mm, both mm. they both cover the same role on yeah. the team. So I think you know, I think especially during season two, you kind of realise there was a lot of overlap and and double up, and they probably didn't know what to do with both of them. And even in this, like three episodes into this season, we still haven't seen Echo. He's off with Rex. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I feel like that that kind of helps a little bit in like yeah, they need they they need a tech person, but they don't need two. So mm. I think that's a it's a and obviously, you know, they're not they're not losing an actor because Dee Bradley Baker's doing all the voices. So I'm sure he's like, that's God, fine. I hope he's getting paid, man. Yeah, I hope he gets, I hope he gets paid per character. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was interesting, like, because um, we haven't had that before in this show where they've been so split for so long. Mm. And when it started, that first episode, and, you know, it, it was a very, it was slow in its pace. And, you know, about probably halfway through, I thought, okay, we're not going to see 
the clones. We're not yeah, when they did that time jump and you see like Echo's hair longer and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that that's sort of like, okay, she's there scratching on the wall and I thought, okay, I've got to pay attention to that. I can't really count, but it only it's maybe a matter of weeks that she's been there. And then when she wakes up and she, her hair's long and it's been months and you're like, holy shit, and we're not going to see these guys. And maybe the next episode is what they were doing at the same time. Now, mm. it kind of was, but whatever. Um, but it, I think that maybe for me just got across the idea that they are so like it. It made her her absence from their group and the, the, their separation feel a little bit more real. When we get an entire episode, even though we get to watch all three in the in the one drop, it makes her absence and her uh, her isolation feel a little bit more real. When we don't get to have a little bit more comedic effect with Wrecker or something like mm. that, or um, or feel the rest of the team uh, around her, it's just her. And then same with when we get to the guys. And they're just out to find her. And it was a bit fillerish, like it was, hey, monster of the week. And I know it's a real staple of Star Wars. It just kind of it kind of still shits me off from like, we've got fifteen episodes here, guys, but now we've got fourteen left and we're just gonna all they did was, okay, they met a group and they retrieved a data card. Really. Like that was or whatever it was. You know, they, that was it, but they have to write in, we've got to do it slow, we've got to get away from these monsters, and then it ends with more monsters, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, we see that in Star Wars all the time. Like, in you know, Mando, I think, the second episode of every season. Well, we've got to have, you say yeah. that. You say that. And this is what occurred to me when they started fighting, like, the vine living tree thing. That one 25-minute episode of, of Bad Batch had more aliens in it than all of Andor. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you I, had that bit at the start with the, <laughs> the, the lady with the, tr- the thing, with the horns and her son. And so, mm. Which, by the way, Angelica Houston... Okay, great. Because I'm listening to her voice going, "I this is a big actor somewhere. This is a great cameo. This is a great get. I don't know. And I miss looking at it in the end credits. That's huge. Um, that's well, cool. I didn't look at the end credits, but I just recognize the voice. I'm like, that's okay. Angelica Houston. That's... Yep. That's that's the Grand High Witch herself. That's, you know, that's Morticia <laughs> Adams from our childhood. Like, that's... And it's like, they keep... Roll, like, you know, they rolled out Rhea Perlman for that, you know, the, the, the lizard chick that runs the bar yeah. and stuff. And, and then they've got... Um, uh oh god Wanda, uh, the, the the comedian yeah wonder sykes, Wanda sykes that, yeah. yeah she's you know she's doing that other case. so it's like they're just pulling in these just like these big name ladies that i'm like why are any of them doing star wars like yeah. when i think angelica houston i think broadway i don't think star wars yeah 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 but you know she came in just a little bit and i'm like that's yep. that's awesome i love that so much but yeah between that scene and just the the monster of the weakness of that vine. That's more than mm. Andor ever had. <laughs> I mean, that goes to say with what we were saying that they're, they're, they're not as progressive. The Empire, they love they're, they're very racist. They love their their humanoids or their <laughs> humans. So we weren't going to see uh, see a lot in there. The fir- I was wondering whether like got to the end of the first episode. That felt like the most. It was the most Andorish certainly episode of the Bad Batch where it was just like I think especially the end the, the amount of time we focused on you know the science equipment and the machines and just all, like all that was missing was someone at, someone at a desk i feel like that's yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of andor where it was just people sitting at desks doing monotonous work which i think i saw yeah. was that the little um like a spice reel for maybe a skeleton crew or something like that mm-hmm. and it's more of that it's more of like the just that monotonous administrative <laughs> work that is the empire and i'm like oh god okay 
Well, we will this say to any new listeners, when we are mentioning Endor, we're coming at this from two very different um, uh, feels about uh, Endor. Maddie, not a fan. I am a fan. And, I just think uh, they I mean, forgot we... they're, they're in a sci-fi show. Yeah. No, look, I, was, I get those criticisms. If, if, that was yeah. an, if that was a series called Poirot, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> just all these British people running yeah. around solving crimes and eating cereal. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we're in space, guys. Give me, yeah. give me some green and skin. That, give me a, give me a tentacle or something. Yeah, you know? I think maybe that's where I get like caught up with not so with this show. I think it, it it has been there from the start, but it seemed like such an off. Like I can only imagine watching A New Hope for the first time, and they go, "Oh yes, and the Clone Wars," and it's like, "Oh okay, mm. wow, there's a wars with clones. That's weird." And then it's never really a thing for the rest of the original trilogy. And then you get the uh, Phantom Menace, and it's not a thing. You get the second, and it's like, okay, well, this is where the clones come in. And then the third, they betray it. It's okay, that was a weird... It's almost like it's a weird period. Like when this is a, 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 a sci-fi fantasy, whatever you want to call it, but it's about space wizards. It's about, you know, religion, and it's about a mythical force and just, you know people that use it for evil and people that use it for good and their their battle and yeah okay we bring in the, the fascism side of it which was certainly there from the start and what it was an allegory for and all that sort of stuff yeah. but that's enough like you and whether it's it's the andor side of star wars which yeah can forget that are a sci-fi or, or whatever but it's this it's the story of of the fascism and then you've got yeah. the other part of it which is the story about the faith and the the mystical power and then all of a sudden it's the real sciencey stuff where it's like so much of Star Wars now is about clones. And I'm like, it's like even though it is and it always has been, I just I still get I think I take myself out of it. I was watching one of the episodes of this of, of this first three episode drop and I was like, holy this is it's actually kind of crazy that so much of Star Wars is based around the clones. Mm. Now, the fact that like Filoni that went and made, you know, seven seasons of Clone Wars and then we've got now three seasons of The Bad Batch and then we've got two movies that heavily feature them and then, you know, I'm sure we're going to see some pop up in Ahsoka. We already saw one of the clones, not that you really, really focused on what it was, but you know, if you know, in Obi-Wan, like they are there and in The Mandalorian, you've got um, Moff Gideon who's trying to, he's kind of taken the Emperor's cloning stuff and trying to clone himself and maybe trying to, I don't know, level up a little bit of power along the way. Whatever he trying to do they're trying to clone i mean it starts with them wanting to clone grogu so much of it is about cloning and it's like really is that really what star wars is like it, mm. it it's not but it always kind of has been even though it i don't know it's 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 strange it, there's there's three different very different sides to star wars the science stuff the faith stuff and uh the political stuff and you know when it's all when it's all done well it's done very well and yeah i think i really got a lot out of um and or with with that sort of stuff and some of the monologues were great and and yeah i i totally yeah. agree that i think just when, um, when you take you know, out that much science fiction and make it that sort of real world it starts becoming allegorical and it's just stuff mm. that happened yeah <laughs> and you know you listen to tony gilroy and uh who who came in you know at the end and quote unquote saved rogue one or rewrote it reshot some of it whatever it was and then obviously i uh, did Andor and we'll do season two of that as well and either he said it afterwards or they grabbed him first because he said, I'm not a Star Wars guy. Mm. And it's like, okay, I mean, and you know, in, in certain circumstances, you need someone that's not into the franchise that they're a part of to sort of come at it with, you know, fresh eyes. But um, at the same time, you know, maybe you need Filoni mm. to drop in once a week or once a month yeah. and go, hey, why not paint that person blue? Like you were saying, you know? And yeah, just, I'm, and just I'm happy off, you know? for a director to have never seen mm. Star Wars before. I want my writers to have seen Star Wars before. Yeah. <laughs> I want my the writers are really important. Like that's why they were just on strike for a while. Like 
they're really important. Yeah, well, I mean, when I say that, Gilroy is the writer and director of uh, of Andor. Yeah, that's and what I mean. Those elements like, of Rogue One. So, that's why yeah. it's always this, uh, an iffy thing. Like, I find writer directors can either be amazing or it can be a mess. <laughs> well, I will. I mean, I'd said at the top, this is going to be a big year for uh, for Star Wars. We've got the Bad Batch now. I mean, I, we're probably not getting a Soka season two before the end of the year, but we've got uh, the Acolyte, we've got the Skeleton Crew, and uh, hopefully a uh, a second season of Tales of the Jedi, which will also come out. Because I mean, it, you know. Whatever else good. you're watching last year, you know, we've got uh, we've got Ahsoka, we've got other live action stuff the last couple of years that, you know, some consider hit or miss, but really the animations, like they've just, yeah. they've always Although, generally speaking, they've always killed it with to animation. be to be fair, that is the one place I'm lacking is I didn't get on board visions. No, yeah. I, did, I didn't watch I didn't watch any of the vision stuff. I was right on board Tales of the Jedi. That was all fantastic. Yeah. yeah um, that was great. But yeah, I just didn't I, I tried with one episode of Visions and the Ronan one? That was the first episode of season one. And no, I, I quite liked that. I'd heard okay, good, but I haven't seen anything else. I'd heard good things about it, like an anime style one of like a brother and a sister and one's light side, one's dark side. Oh, very um, nice. And they're like fighting on the outside of the Death Star and neither of them need to breathe oxygen for some reason. I don't know. It was a bit weird. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, I want to try again with that stuff. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, everything else. Everything else. I'm really looking forward to Acolyte. Acolyte sounds amazing. Mm. Uh, you know, fresh time period, um, bloody Trinity. So you know that's that's going to be fun as hell. Yeah, well, I mean, especially yeah, considering the uh, the timing of the acolyte, because it's you know within you know 150 years or something, 200 years before Phantom Menace. Whereas you know it's sort of set at the end of the High Republic era, mm. which they're still working on. They, they they dropped that a couple of years ago. Said we're doing this in three phases, and each phase had you know so many books and so many graphic novels and things like that. And um, I've you know I've, I've I've started a handful of the books right at the beginning, but mm. it would be interesting the fact that they're releasing a TV series set at the end of the High Republic era when they haven't finished writing their way to get there, but it might be sort of a little bit further off into the future. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, already in that book that I'm reading again, they they refer to an acolyte and refer to these people that were part of this group, you know, dark force uh, users or believers yeah. or uh, or worshippers um, that existed, you know, pre. Um, um, the the fall of the uh, of yeah. uh, the republic. Apparently, like I read that, the other so. day. Apparently, the initial pitch for Skeleton Crew was it was going to be in sort of High Republic era, mm. and then now it's going to be kind of more Mandalorian era. Yeah, right. Okay. And yeah, it's weird. Like it's like the main characters is like four kids. Yeah, like four and then somehow Jude and, Law in the middle of it somewhere. And Urkel. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> J- Jaleel White is Jaleel Jamil Jaleel White. Yeah, and they're like they're like lost in space, but. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. All right. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, and or uh, sometime before the uh, the end of the year as well. And then, sp- I mean, in that. Uh, I'm looking forward to hate watching that. Inside. Yeah, you are. We'll be back every week to talk about that. But, uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, like, that's ambitious. Just- <laughs> no, I just I just wanted to see your reaction. We, I mean, it was good. Like, I'm glad we actually got to do the, the three episode drop because. Um, I'm always interested when they do plan things out like that. And, I mean, they are doing it a couple more times uh, with The Bad Batch. We had these three episodes. Uh, we've got four by itself, five by itself. Six and seven are a double, as are 10 and 11. But otherwise, everything else is a, a single episode. So we've got a couple of double episode arcs to uh, to come up over the, um, the final 
the final run. So uh, it definitely made sense to release these three. I think we needed to get the band somewhat back together um, by the uh, by the end of the the third episode. Yeah, I think and... I think they wanted that Emperor stuff to hook people in. They wanted to get those Emperor yeah. scenes in there, and like that, just the cheeky, just the cutaway where you like they find like they open up the thing. And they're like, oh, and you see the Emperor's reaction to an opening and then they never show the reverse of what he's actually looking at. And I'm like, yeah, damn you. Yeah, well, we'll get to see which which side of it we're going to be looking at before the end of the year, whether it's what you said, what I'm hoping for, or whether it's just going to be the obvious. And somehow it was all about Palpatine. Mm. Uh, anyway, no, I'm I'm glad it's back actually because I uh, yeah it was a bit of a bit of a filler season two, but um, I got into it a lot more than I thought I would with uh, with season one. And I I'm, I'm probably because I burnt through that because I was a very late comer to that, like I have been with all the uh, Star Wars animation, unfortunately. But um, I'm keen to uh, to actually experience this um, each week up until uh, it all uh, all wraps up. I don't want to get behind in this one, Matthew. So, uh, you know, you need to help me out with that one, buddy. I'll just send you a text every time I'm starting to watch the episode every week. Yeah. Yeah, well, 6 p.m. drops for us here in uh, in our fair city in Australia. So uh, 6 p.m. is very doable. It's very doable. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's episode one of season two of Across the Galaxy. Uh, talking Bad Batch, another episode uh, next week of The Bad Batch. And uh, we'll be back at some stage to talk about as it goes on. And, um, you know, basically just hype up Andor until the end of the year, Maddie. What you're really counting Ugh. down to, uh, to hate watch, like you said. I mean, hopefully we just get drip fed a release date. Maybe some behind the scenes stuff. Maybe a trailer here and there. And you know we can really focus on the good stuff and uh, and talk Maybe about. Maybe some purple face paint. Just give me just yeah. give me one alien. One alien that has a line of dialogue would be fantastic. <laughs> Prince Caspian and a bunch of humans. Yay. Get into geek.